Hello and welcome to the Over the Barricade podcast. I am your host, Ryan Downing, joined as always by my tag team partner who is, uh, again, live via satellite from some tropical destination that we are not allowed to say out loud because the government might take us off the air. It's the deadliest catch himself, Lee Brando. How's it going? It's going okay. Um, I should just I should point out that this is the final episode we'll be recording in the Genesis that uh, was Cheap Seat Studios, as it is being relocated in a couple of yes, days. Yes, not not the final episode. <laughs> no, I I'm not trying one. to I'm not trying to do all that nonsense. No, no, no. This is not our final episode. This is the just the final episode in this location. Right. Couldn't at which I'm not you, even at. So you had to be on some far off, exotic, insane location instead of being at what will be the final bow of the original Cheap Seat Studios. Well, you know, wherever the sea takes me, I have to go. And this and it did not take me to Cheap Seat Studios. And this isn't like like Billy Gunn showing up randomly, which he seems to tend to do. This is this is Cheap Seat Studios. This is this is the heart and soul. This is the Sami Zayn of our podcast. It is, and um, but I trust that our new recording facility will be just as good. Hopefully, it's a little less generic. Okay. Nobody you know, got. Nobody got the, that. Uh, I'm, I'm a sad. lot of the best albums were recorded in places that you wouldn't expect. And that's what I liken our podcast to. The greatest music that's ever been made by man. <laughs> you have much higher opinions than I do, probably, or our fans. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> okay, so we have just a a large, large amount of things to get through. There's no clean way to say how meant, how much stuff we have to get through, so we might as well get on it. Uh, first, let's start with the G1 climax that happened over the weekend. Um, uh, hold on, Ryan. How would you how would you like to do this? Because I have been informed that you are going full Netflix and are going to binge watch it to the point where you, to this point, still do not know any of what's happened. This is true. I do not know what's happened. Um, Spending too much I, well, time out I, on I the I scene. followed it for the first couple of weeks, but the last couple of weeks, including the last night, I have no idea what happened. So you can um, you can cut calm, to my understanding, so that you can talk and record uh, for the podcast your review of the G1, but I won't be able to hear you. So I think that's what we should do. I was only going to uh, discuss the final, but since you haven't seen any of it and you plan on watching the final, I don't want to spoil it for you. Right. So we can uh, we can play it like that. I mean... Would you, would you like to guess who was in the final, and I'll just tell you how close you are? We could do that. I mean, that's. I'll leave that up to you. I'm also fine with just m- muting myself for you and not for the rest of the audience. Well, 
I've kind of had the same idea of what would have what would be the final from the very beginning. You're probably not wrong. <laughs> and so if I had to guess what who it came down to, I would guess Kenny Omega and Naito. And out of that, I'm not sure who I would who I would pick to win. You know, there's a lot going for Kenny Omega. Um, I could see where you would want to give him that. But then again, you we need someone for Okada, which could be Kenny Omega again, but I think they're kind of trying to put some distance between them now. Um, so I could see how you go either way, but... But that's who I thought would have been in the finals uh, pretty much from the very beginning. There wasn't anyone else that I really considered for the finals, especially with the way the blocks were set up. Gotcha. All right. So with that, I'm going to mute you okay. so that I can uh, I can uh, do, discuss it at least for a couple of minutes. Um, All right. I'm primarily going to discuss the final, so this will not be completely comprehensive coverage, but I will just discuss the final, and I am going to mute you right now. Okay. Just so we're clear, you can still be heard on the audio. You just can't hear me. Ah, okay. I would suggest, I mean, like, just, I wouldn't say just throw out random things that you say, but like... You know, you might get, you might hit, you might hit gold, and just randomly go. You know, that's right, or something like that. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, I will have no way to know. So I will leave it to you, and I'm gonna go ahead and mute you now. Can you hear me? Okay, good. All right. So Lee can't hear me. He's essentially in a green room by himself at this point with the way this is gonna work. Uh, the final for the G1 Climax, of course, for uh, this uh, 2017 version was Kenny Omega versus Tetsuya Naito. So uh, my, my co-host was correct in that, uh, in that assumption. As mm. <laughs> That was well done. Um, so Naito and Omega tied 14 points apiece, winning Block A and Block B respectively, and having a great match in the final over this past weekend as Omega and Naito go toe-to-toe, Naito picking up the victory, and it will, unless something happens, in all likelihood, will be Naito versus Okada at Wrestle Kingdom, a rematch from their Wrestle Kingdom match a couple of years ago, uh, in which, uh, let me see, I believe that was in uh, uh, 2013 when Naito last won, the G1 Climax, so Naito will take on uh, Okada at this upcoming um, this upcoming Wrestle Kingdom, January of 2018, and uh, they'll get the main event match they should have gotten originally, as Naito and Okada did not main event their Wrestle Kingdom for the Heavyweight Championship. It was actually uh, it actually ended up being uh, Shinsuke, Mo- Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, t- uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, who uh, headlined, I believe, for the Intercontinental Championship. So, 
Uh, and Naito, of course, so over in Japan. Omega has become pretty well over in Japan and over the globe anyways, but you have to think Omega is going to defend that U.S. IWGP U.S. championship, probably against Cody Rhodes or Cody uh, for uh, on that night if they do allow it. It's supposed to be defended just in the U.S., but we'll see what happens. Can you hear me, sir? Uh, yeah. Did you hear any of what I just said? No. Uh, just the Billy Gunn run-in. Yep, the Billy Gunn run-in was was a... Nobody saw it coming. I mean, why would you think so? But you know, Billy Gunn just shows up at the strangest of times and seems to have have a propensity to interrupt negatively Japanese events. Every time. Every time. Although he did have a he did have a run in New Japan like two years ago, if I remember right. Um, so that was the final. We now have uh, our Wrestle Kingdom main event figured out. Uh, but I will get into no further detail so that one Lee Brando is not spoiled because that final match is well worth not being spoiled. Although I think somebody almost died, so we can discuss mm. that whenever you decide to watch that. Well, I will have seen it by next week, but I'm not sure. Maybe two weeks we'll discuss it. Well, pending. 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 Okay, so... By the um, way, did you see um, Tanahashi's hair? Um, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Tanahashi got a haircut? No. No? Who am I thinking of? No, I'm not saying no that you're wrong. I'm saying no, I haven't seen it. Oh. Are oh. You, are you looking at it now? Yeah, I just searched Tanahashi. Oh my gosh. Yep, that was my reaction also. Beautiful. He's got, he's got the Kota Ibushi hair now. He does. He looks like a bigger Kota Ibushi. He does look like a bigger Kota Ibushi. And he's wearing a t-shirt in his... um. In his picture that he posted on this, he's wearing a t-shirt that has a star on it. He's Big Kota Ibushi. He is. Yeah, apparently it's for some movie role. Um, and apparently he doesn't understand that you can just wear a wig. Nope. Nope. Tanahashi is... Isn't isn't his nickname the High Fly Flow? I think so. I'm pretty sure... Anyway. Yes, yes it is. It's in the it's one in the, the cage um, side seat stories I just found. One of the all time greats of heads of hair. It's such a great head of hair. I'm now sad. Why did you do this to me? So yeah, that's uh, it's been a rough week. Reddit is freaking out, or was freaking out. <laughs> this is the greatest thing ever. I, I just I just went on New Japan the New Japan subreddit and oh mm -hmm. my it's it's entertaining. Anyways, uh we have a bunch of other stuff to get through. Before we yep. go any further into the darkness that is WWE, I would like to discuss two things. One, I am wearing an AC Wolf shirt, and I am very proud of that fact. Uh I'm wearing AC Wolf's new shirt. Which is gray instead uh -huh. of yellow. It's it's pretty nice. I like it. Yeah, we like uh, we like AC Wolf. He's a friend. AC AC Wolf is a is a friend of the podcast, even though he is yet to be on it. <laughs> I don't know if he even listens to us, but he's a friend. Yes, he's he's definitely a friend. Friend, of you the don't podcast. have to listen to somebody to be their friend. 
I mean, it, it helps if you're a friend to listen when somebody needs you to. This just took a All really right. weird turn, and you paused too long, and now it's uncomfortable. Got sentimental. Um, so before we... Okay, so that was point one. Point two, I met Jim Ross last week. <laughs> I was going to say, are we going to talk about this? Because, you know, I've been to a ringside with Jim Ross. I was actually... His guest... Um, his, his special guest when I went was Jim Cornette. So it was like a very nice double treat. Um, but you went recently, like Thursday. I went Thursday, although I wasn't going to make a point the fact that our um, our uh, show last week was pre-recorded more than usual. Um, well, whatever. People probably figured that part out. Anyways, right. uh, last week we could not record, so we had a, an episode ready to go. But that is because, a couple of reasons, but primarily, I went to D.C. to go see Ringside with Jim Ross, this first of this batch of Ringside shows, um, which are, is ahead of his new book release coming out in October. Um, Slobberknocker. Uh, Slobberknocker, My Life in Wrestling, with a great picture of him on the cover. Or say, Slobberknocker. Uh, yes, Slobberknocker. Um, yes. Sounded very French-Canadian just there. Um Anyways, I went to go to that show, went with a mutual friend of ours, uh, Josh, we know you're out there, uh, and we both had a great time. He, obviously, as you know, Jim has a lot of great stories. Jim, we're, we're on first name basis now. Um, wow, you, you I never do that. I always hate it when people do that. <sighs> I just talked to the man for five Mr. minutes, and I'm, I'm, he's Jim to me now. <laughs> Senor Ross. Um so, but Jim Ross has, if you ever, if you have a chance to go see one of his ringside shows, please go do it. It's a great, great uh, night. It's a lot of fun. He tells a lot of great stories. It gets a little real at times, as you would imagine. It's been a bit of a rough year, an up and down year for him, um, to say the absolute least. Uh, but he talked about, he talked about his wife, uh, Jan. He uh, talked about, somebody asked him if, um, if he had his own wrestling promotion, if he was starting his own wrestling promotion, who would he hire? And then the guy who asked the question listed off like eight different like roles, um, all the way from from wrestler all the way to like booker. Um, mm. And one of the people that was mentioned was creative, and he said one of the most important things you can have is creative. I would probably get he and he said I would probably get Jim Cornette or Paul Heyman, but God forbid not both of them. <laughs> and it was it got a big pop so uh it it did really well it was a lot of fun it was a great night um if you ever get the chance please go it's well worth your time and money uh, i mean for us it was at the dc improv we paid 25 bucks to sit we were relatively close to the stage. uh our friend josh got to ask a question and uh he even got uh josh of course uh, mentioned that he was uh, from Ocean City. That's the most personal information I'm going to give out about him. But he mentioned he was from Ocean City, and uh, Jim Ross then proceeded to make a joke about Ocean City. Because uh, what, he's, did, what he, did he say? He's been there a time or two, and he's like, "Oh, you know, you, you, it's." He would. He went through a couple of examples of things he learned how to, you know, stories of things he learned to do um, on the road with wrestling. And one of them specifically, and I remember this one, was he learned how to drive with his knees while he was rolling a joint. And um, 
he said, and he imme- he paused, and he goes, all these things you would certainly know about in Ocean City, and the whole place li- like blew up. It was great. Um, <laughs> so it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, but we got a chance to meet him afterwards, um, as he does at his shows. He does a VIP beforehand where he does a extended meet and greet with everybody that comes as VIPs. They pay the VIP pricing, uh, pictures, autographs. He talks with you. He gives you a private Q&A session. Uh, but we went in general admission, and we, as soon as the show was over, we they said, hey, uh, Jim's going to be outside. Catch him if you've got some time. So naturally, we ran over to the line, and we're like sixth and seventh, respectively. And both of us got some barbecue sauce. Um, I got myself a picture, which is up online on my personal Facebook page. I guess I should share that to the uh, to the podcast page. Um, and like we we both had uh, we both had a chance to talk with him for a few minutes. And I told him, and I've told you this before, uh, I talked to him about the fact that. His commentary, when I started watching wrestling, which was back in the mid-2000s, his commentary was so good, and I was so inspired by how good he was and how entertaining he was, that I went and, when I got to college, I did some of it myself because of him, and he, you know, we got, you know, we had a little bit of a connection and talked for a couple of minutes. It was very nice. He's very generous with his time, uh, and it was certainly well worth the, uh, the, the evening's admission. To, to go do that, and we also uh, got a chance to talk to. It was hosted. Jim Cornette was the special guest for yours. For us, it was hosted by or emceed by um, a uh, local DC DJ uh, or a, I should say sports talk radio host, uh, Chad Dukes, who has his own wrestling podcast, which is pretty good. If uh, if you're looking for another one to add to your collection that includes us. Um, <laughs> But uh, he, he did it about 15 minutes beforehand, did a little stand-up. It was really funny. It was all wrestling-based. Um, and talked to him for a little bit afterwards. So it was a really good show. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. And if you get a chance to do Ringside with Jim Ross, go do it. Don't make an excuse. Go do it. It's well worth your time and well worth your money. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely I had a great experience. Um, when I went, uh, probably about a year ago now, but... Um... I won't uh, won't make you pick apart the whole thing, but what was uh, if I can know what was the question that our our mutual friend Josh asked? Josh was asking if he had a favorite story, and I think what Josh meant initially was it sounded to me, and I could be wrong. Josh can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it sounded to me like Josh's initial question was, "Did you have a favorite storyline uh, oh, that you've okay. seen?" Or that you were a part of, or something like that. What Jim took, Jim Ross took it as. Shoot, now I don't know how to call him Jim or what. Um, what it was taken as was your favorite wrestling story that you were a like part road of. Story so like road or... story, and he went through a few different things, and um, it it was it was a very long answer that I don't remember all of, but it was it was really good, and you know that's he made Jim Ross is probably one of the most self self he he's so full of self-deprecating humor uh which is how he gets himself over uh, mm-hmm. and it works because it's really funny and it's something that um that you know it's it's one of those things we all get to laugh together so um but he, he's pretty good and he's very straightforward he's it's not a something where you feel like he's censored because of who he works for 
people asked him about his somebody asked him uh a question and it ended up being related to his current wwe work and he's like you know i'm back working with wwe but i'm calling another wrestling promotions work like their shows right now and you know they're giving me a lot of leeway so i'm grateful to be you know getting to work but i will say definitely go buy his book it's up for pre-order on amazon um it's it from what i can understand it's going to be really really good he uh he's doing he's doing the reading for the audiobook and he talked about how it was been difficult because he's going through everything almost everything in his book especially in his adult life involved his wife and he's kind of having to relive everything so he talked about how it just it's emotionally draining and you know it's very bittersweet and uh, you know very honest very genuine uh the, the whole way through you know you never felt like he was saying anything to kind of put on anybody or just to give somebody an answer and move on he felt very very genuine the whole time and i'm sure your experience was pretty similar yeah um yeah we saw him before um you know that tragedy happened mm-hmm. with his wife uh but he was still you know very generous and everything um you know jim Cornette being on the stage uh Jim Cornette very uh blunt outgoing <laughs> I don't know what the word you want to use is for him but he's a uh, strong personality to say the least strong personality yes yeah. so many of times Jim Cornette would jump in on the answer um um which was fine you know because it was it was a treat to see them both but I would uh, I would definitely um be up to see another ringside I mean because every time you know it, it it's a pretty simple straightforward Q&A type thing and every time you, you don't know what's going to get asked and I actually didn't get to ask a question last time and and I uh I probably would I was going to ask him if I had gotten the opportunity uh once Josh asked I kind of assumed we weren't going to get another shot at our table but yeah. um which was fine I Josh uh Josh had a good question my question was going to be something about jobbers um, interesting <laughs> jobber story he might have had because I figured that would be something that nobody, not a ton of people might ask. Because um, I think back, because I know Cornette has good jobber stories. Um, mm-hmm. And things like um, the the jobber in the 80s, Lex Luger was in a tag team, and I think it was in, in Crockett at the time. It was either Crockett or Georgia Championship Wrestling, one of the two. And they brought up a jobber who just completely no-sold everything Luger and his partner were doing, including their finishers. And then they proceeded, after holding him, forcing him down for the pin, proceeded to beat the mess out of him outside of the ring. Yeah. <sighs> it's a crazy business. Um, <laughs> so yeah. uh, we're, we've, we've gone through a couple of things. We really do have to talk about WWE because there's a whole lot that's happened. And in the last two weeks and there is SummerSlam on Sunday. So I feel like we can't not talk about it. Yeah. I mean, we can, I, I, can I, can I hit some, know, can do... I just hit some highlights then? And you'll just, you, we just, you can just give your thoughts and we'll kind of move along from there. Yeah. I mean, I just, I wanted to kind of, before we go any further, just kind of, you know, say that, you know, we're thinking about, um, you know, we're thinking about Ric Flair. Absolutely. As I'm sure, as I'm sure every wrestling fan is. Um, you know, I forget who said it, but somebody, some promoter, 
uh, said, you know, wrestling without Ric Flair is like a day without sunshine. Uh, and that's, that's pretty true, you know. Um, you know, nobody lives forever, but, uh, you know, it's always, especially uh, someone who's such a big part of every wrestler's life, you never really come to terms with what, you know, the eventuality of life. And uh, thankfully, Rick, uh, at, at this point, is still uh, still going strong. Um, he's not in great shape, but he's fighting. And, uh, you know, so we're thinking about Ric Flair, and uh, hopefully he pulls out of this. Um, you know, it was pretty serious from my understanding of it, but uh, it's it's pretty stable now, so it's just wait and see. Yeah, but, I wanna uh, I wanna before we move along to to WWE, I do wanna uh, Sports Illustrated put out a um, an update, and it's the most recent one I can find. It's from earlier today, um, and I just wanna read the first part of this because I know you're gonna appreciate this because um, Justin Barrasso is the writer, and uh, it's nothing but wrestling references. Uh, it starts: Leave it to Ric Flair to have a false finish, false finish with death. The dirtiest player in the game is cheated again, and this time the opponent was his own mortality. Flair was rushed to the hospital last Saturday at an undisclosed Georgia hospital, yet put his boot on the ropes before the referee could count to three. Um, and then it gets into the actual thing. Apparently, um, it was a surgery due to... Um, he had to have, with the bladder, right? Had to have part of his bowel removed. Um, yeah. Which is... It's certainly a serious, uh, a serious, um, uh, a serious issue. But you know, some of the things we were hearing were, you know, even worse than that. And um, you know, it's we're not entirely sure exactly what's true and what's not. We do know that he's in the hospital, and we do know that if nothing else, it appears that his condition has at least somewhat stabilized. Although last I heard, he might still be in critical care. Um, yeah, so, whenever you have to go into a medically induced coma, it's not. Good news. I know that um, uh, the the bodybuilder Rick Piana is also in one right now. So it's just it's rough, and sometimes it can take a while. And um, ignore that noise you know, if you heard anything. Sorry, I that? clicked on. I was clicking on a story, and an ad played. Oh, I didn't. I didn't hear anything. But um, yeah, you know, Rick Flair. Um, he lived the gimmick, and it might not even be a gimmick. At this point, he it's, may actually be the guy. It's the man, definitely not a gimmick say. anymore. It's he is the man. You know, so when this kind of broke, everyone's I think initial reaction was like, you know, those years of being Ric Flair, you know, maybe maybe this is, you know, him laying in the bed that he made. Um, but, you know, nobody. um Nobody wishes any ill will, hopefully, and uh, you know we'll uh, we'll keep you updated and and hopefully pulls out. You know it's just it's crazy to me to think that this time next week we could have great news, we could have the worst news, or we could have no news, and it's just a it's a struggling, uh, a, fr- a frustrating uh, spot to be in. Yeah, it's it's know? a waiting game, and you know the one thing that has been. Uh, that has certainly been a comfort to see is not just the outpouring from wrestlers and 
people in the industry. I mean, this is a this is a mainstream news story, and the outpouring yeah. of support from uh, all sorts of different places. I know the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Dan uh, Dan Quinn, sent out a uh, message uh, pulling for Ric Flair. Uh, we've seen it across the board, and you know it's it, it's really it is comforting to see, and it's crazy. You know, you you we in wrestling as wrestling fans, you know, we are actually in a in our own tiny little corner of the internet. We are part of the product in some way, shape, or form. Part of that industry. You more than me, uh, but we I- I contribute to that to that culture and. To see, we assume always that, or in most times, that wrestling is not really necessarily mainstream. We're kind of insulated in our own in our own little bubble. But you know, something like this happens to one of the greatest that's ever done it, and you realize the impact that that person has had across the spectrum. You know, and uh, we're certainly pulling for Ric Flair, hoping for the best, and uh, positive thoughts, uh, positive vibes towards whatever Georgia hospital that uh, that he might be in and that he can pull through, and then we'll get to see him again. Uh, styling and profiling soon. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, uh, somebody said, he might not be your favorite wrestler, but I can guarantee you he's your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. And that's, that's really, you know, Ric Flair has that appeal, and now we're seeing that it goes well beyond the scope of pro wrestling and it goes into you know other athletics and pop culture and everything like that mm-hmm. so you know hopefully you know we're just hoping for the best and and you can tell um he's he's still got drawing power because the um the uh, first hour of Monday night raw this week uh way up <laughs> you know people just tuning in to to get the update uh, about Ric Flair so he he can still draw, baby. Yeah, WWE uh, did did provide the update, so um, that was wise of them to do. You, you assumed they would, but you know, with Ric Flair, it's always it, he's he's something else uh, in in so many ways. But um, let's uh, let's move on from uh, from that, and let's take a look at what the WWE landscape is right now. Since we last came together... Where um, do we even begin? I think we begin with where Raw began this week, with the reunion of two-thirds of the Shield in Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. Do you think I'm they... I'm calling this segment... I'm calling this storyline the unrequited fist bump. <laughs> so, I have a question for you. Do you think they overdid it with how much they were like, these two don't trust each other, before it took... Cesaro and Sheamus attacking them to like finally put away their grievances. Do you feel like they did it just right, or do you feel like they took it maybe a little too far? You know, I think they did it. Um, I think the timing and kind of the structure of it was good. Potentially, uh, uh, and and th- this is really just nitpicking, but potentially it's just a hair too long. They dragged it out. But, um, I mean, they got that pop off the fist bump thing. So, you know, and it was a huge pop. Uh, it wasn't so DX that, 2006 reunion pop, but it was a big pop. 
it was a big pop, and and it's only for two thirds of the shield. And they've only you know, so, they only disbanded two years ago. Yeah, three years so, ago. Excuse me, that was 2014. They disbanded. Yeah, so I think they built it right. Is is it funny that this is the if Roman was involved in this, everyone would probably hate it. Yeah, probably. Or at least, like, um, it would be, there would be, like, a caveat to it. It would, it would be interesting. Um, I don't know, you know, you think, because maybe people would like it because he wouldn't be at the top of the card. Um, but I don't know, you know, and I'm not even sure... I you know to me this is kind of feeling especially lately in the WWE where no tag team can stay together. Uh, to me, this is feeling like no maybe tag- they'll have a nice run with the tag titles, and then we'll be seeing Ambrose versus Rollins at WrestleMania. Well, no team tag team can stand together, or uh, no team tag team can stay together and stay in a good spot where they're on television. Yeah. Right. So, uh, let's, uh, uh, the next thing on the docket, last week, we actually missed Bailey's Hurt, um, coming yeah, out not another, long before uh, Raw. Nia that Jax, she, we've said it before, you know. Bailey is injured, uh, was it, uh, it was a shoulder injury, if I remember right, shoulder or arm injury. Um, Separated shoulder, yeah. And I think it's something that was gonna, it's gonna take her out of action, but not for terribly long, but obviously long enough that she can't go at SummerSlam. So yep. um, she's out, and then it was this week, Sasha Banks to, taking on Nia Jax for uh, a spot in that SummerSlam match against Alexa Bliss. Uh, before we get to that match, I just want to talk for a quick second about how WWE fans bother me to no end in a lot of cases. For example, uh, Bailey is injured. Let's boo her. I get that. I get if she was doing something to be deserving of it, like if she was trying to be a heel. But she's literally standing there, like she has to make an appearance to point out that she's injured, and you're literally booing somebody who's injured. Like that's yeah, that's messed up. But you know what? I don't blame the fans that much because they've really not. They've really killed Bailey. I mean that kendo stick match. Oh my god. That was terrible. The losing in her hometown. That was know, also just... terrible. That actually derailed the whole pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, it ruined the rest of that pay-per-view. And um so you know, it's it's at this point where they don't even have her over enough as a babyface to get sympathy when she's hurt. That's not the fans' fault. That's you know, atrocious booking to where yeah. people don't even want her on the screen. Don't even want her in the ring giving an injury update. So, you know, hopefully she can come back from this. And when she comes back, maybe people won't have seen her for a little bit. And she'll get kind of that welcome back reaction. Um, but if not, I mean, she's in she's in trouble uh, character-wise. And she was one of the most over acts coming out of NXT. And they have managed to ruin it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't really think of a bigger... Who who was a more popular act coming out of NXT, male or female? I mean, there's that, certainly ones mean, that are up there with her, but I mean, is there, was there anything above her? Balor, Nakamura. I mean, those are the only yeah, two. I mean, but 
Those know, are the only two, but those I mean, are the, those two have been done properly. How has her run been such a failure? Like when when you had all you had to do was not screw it up. All you had to do was just keep going on that path. And you know, I feel like she was a victim of how shallow and how or how shallow the 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 pool is in the women's division on a given show, especially on Raw where they misuse the women's division for the most part, except the champion. Yeah, but, I mean, the difference between Balor Nakamura and her is you always knew Balor and Nakamura were going to go up to the main roster. With Bailey, it was this beautiful progression. It was this beautiful underdog storyline. She finally built her way up. She wins the NXT women's title. And then she comes to Raw, and it's almost as if you know the, the 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 engine gave out or something it was it was an abrupt halt and i you know a lot of people i remember when she first started uh not really getting over people were like well maybe they just have to redo the storyline maybe they just have to you know condition the the main audience of who she is and they didn't and then they just continuously regressed and you know now we're at a point where she legit hurt she's gonna miss you know the second biggest show of the year Hmm. and people couldn't care less so uh there's some they're gonna have to really sit down and and figure this out i mean and i agree they don't really use any of the women correctly and the only one that they really protected is uh nia jacks and she's hurting people so you know yeah, not 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 a good not a good scene over there. And like, would you have imagined that the better women's the the two matches at SummerSlam, Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss, and uh, Naomi versus Natalia, SmackDown's brand is actually better with their women's division right now, and really has been for the better part of a year. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting, but. Really, I'm still for the um, putting all the women's division on one show. I think it would be I better. I think that would help a lot. Put them. I think you could put them all on Raw, and it would make sense. Yeah, and um, you know, because then you actually have a like you said, it, it wouldn't be a shallow pool. It, you would have this very rich division, and there's a lot of storylines, and you could have multiple women's segments on one show that all are about different things they don't all have to be centralized on winning the title you know you could have engaging storylines about other things and then lead up to who's ever involved getting title shots as long as nobody is the daughter of a general manager i think we'll be okay um (laughs) because i'm I'm finding that that gimmick is not working just ask jason jordan who's getting booed it, it took a while. It took weeks of silence, and now it's now it's turned now it's gone sour, <laughs> you know. And um, I don't know how they dig themselves out of this one. You know, I guess that you could always go back to Jason Jordan making it up somehow, but then people are going to question why didn't you look into it at all? You know, um, there's no good way this ends. Like yeah, the only I, I, way this, I I feel like the only way this goes is that Jason Jordan gets full of himself. Like Jason Jordan is 
the whitest of white meat baby faces right now. And it's unfortunate because that's not where his character is best. That's not where he is best at. He really was best when American Alpha were heels uh, in NXT. And he did a serviceable job as a face and they were really over. But what got him over? He was struggling. And teaming up with Gable and being a heel with Gable worked perfectly for him. That dynamic not being there, I think, is really hurting him. And for as good as he is in the ring, he just feels so generic. Yeah, I still think it would have been better if both members of American Alpha were revealed to be Kurt's sons. Uh and they, then you could really have a, a funny storyline there. See, now what they, what they should have done Virginia. was say, one of you is Kurt's uh, legitimate son, but Kurt, as a love at, with his love of professional wrestling, has decided that the winner of this adoption papers on a pole match or adoption paper ladder match uh, at SummerSlam will actually be Kurt's son moving forward. Like, we did Custody of Dominic in 2005. I think we can pull this off. Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> in one of, the, um... one of the worst gimmicks for a SummerSlam match. One of the worst excuses for a ladder match of all time. Oh, yeah, definitely. But this, this Jason Jordan thing, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when Paul Heyman came out. And this was like fresh off his run with CM Punk. Oh, I know what you're going to say. And I, I I agree with you completely. Continue. Okay, so we have Paul Heyman. You know, one of the, the greatest of all time, right? And he's got all this name and all this rub and everything to give. And he introduces his new the new Paul Heyman guy, Curtis Axel. Who was, up until that point, Michael McGillicuddy. Right. So they, they swung a name change in there, too. Name change, you know, re- rebranding, you know, and and coming back out and with Paul Heyman and just, I don't even know, remember how it ended. It just fizzled out. And it just died. <laughs> just died. And that's kind of what this is, except you've locked yourself into this, he's your son, which is a thing that you can't really just go, oh, well. Yes, you can. Whatever. He's Finley's son. Yeah, I guess so. But that was supposed to be stupid and comedic. It was supposed to be Mr. Kennedy and legitimate. That's true. But Mr. Kennedy effed that up. Um, was it his fault? It was, was it? his fault because he's the one who got popped for being in a steroid ring. Uh, uh, well, He got suspended, which is anything, the reason they went anything, in a different direction with that. That is more like what a son of... Vince McMahon would do. Apparently, Triple H was originally going to be the replacement, but the incest ideas were just too weird. Yeah. And yeah. I think that it was Vince who wanted Triple H to be his legitimate son, which, again, Vince has had multiple occasions where he has suggested or been pulling for an incest storyline. I'm really glad he's gotten shot down or had his mind changed every time because, oh. You know, it's weird. Um,. Pro wrestling because or Vince, Vince McMahon? Because it, it looks like well, both. both. And I, I don't know if the two are separable. <laughs> and um, it's weird because Vince, oh, Vince has his bag of tricks, right? We, you know, um, foreign heel. Uh, you know, 
giant, unstoppable guy. Yep. You know, um, but one of the ones that keep coming up, incest. Why? It's it's awful. It's so bad. If we could just never talk about these things ever again in life, we'd yes. be happy. All we can say is we're happy that there is a creative team or some other voice to go, you know what? I don't think that's a great idea. All right. Um, let's move along. Akira Tozawa is the new Cruiserweight champion. Yeah, surprise, Neville, surprise. Neville's um, really long run just ended on Raw. That that was my initial reaction, um, but then I thought about it a little bit, and if he would have beaten Tozawa, then there's really nowhere to go from there. That's kind of the end of the Neville-Tozawa feud. I and mean, that might have been really the end of the any cruiserweight division. <laughs> viable cruiserweights left, so you're kind of just like, well, I guess Neville's just going to be champion forever. Yeah, if it's almost like they don't give the cruiserweights enough time to matter. Um, oh, that's because they don't. Uh, so now their championship match is Tozawa as champion, which I really like. I love Akira Tozawa. I really like Neville, too. I should really love this match, but I'm so meh. It doesn't matter anymore. Um, yeah, it got over. It's going to be on the, the kickoff show. At SummerSlam. Yep. Aren't, rematch. The, uh, aren't the Hardys also on the kickoff show? Do we have a card for SummerSlam? Uh, we do. We'll get there. Um, we're okay. we are on our way there. Um, All right. Okay. So, oh, you're not going to like what I just saw. It's on the kickoff show. We'll get there. Um, and uh, Universal Championship match: Lesnar, Reigns, Joe, and Strowman, uh, face to face to face to face. Um, and naturally, it broke down in a fight. Did you know that uh, apparently? Apparently, uh, it was on Tuesday I heard that Ty Awesome was apparently one of the security guards because one of those guys just went flying. Yeah, I, uh, it hasn't been confirmed that it was actually Ty Awesome. But it definitely was not Ty Awesome. But along... that, What's that? Th- it was definitely not Ty Awesome, but I can tell you that guy got hit in the back and then just exploded over the ring. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it was Ty Awesome, but I think maybe he trained in the same backyard that Ty Awesome did. <laughs> Um, and so he takes a punch from, I think it was Strowman. Yes. And, um, in the, in, in a very JFK-esque, uh, matter of motion and physics, starts to transcend the opposite way of the force of the punch and does a complete flip out of the ring over the top rope. Yep. Uh, after just taking a punch while standing. Took a punch to the back. That's, I mean, how strong is Braun Strowman? Apparently strong enough to to defy physics. Yeah. Um, All right, so uh, we jump over to SmackDown. Jinder Mahal and Shinsuke Nakamura have words to start off SmackDown. Uh, And uh, Nakamura. Another uh, Punjabi celebration with the singing of the Indian national anthem. I like how you put that with the inflection right at the end. Like, is it? Um, is it? Is it Jinder's mom? I I don't. I, know. I assumed it was Jinder's mom. It just I could just I could see where Jinder would say, "This is my mother," and she gets booed, and he would get mad. That would have been such a better. That would have been such a great segment. Um, 
Although, Jinder's mom probably is not so stereotypical Indian as they are trying to make Jinder to be. Um, That's true. Because he's actually from Canada. Uh, can can we announce him correctly? From from how funny would it have been if he was like, "Please stand for the national anthem of my people," and then the Indian woman just starts going, "Oh Canada!" Somebody dub it! Somebody dub it now! Um, I just when are they going to start saying from Punjab, India, by way of Toronto, Ontario, Canada? Um, uh, I don't know. I thought he was from Calgary, though. Oh, you're right. Your idea is from Calgary. That's my bad. Um, Maybe they'll I, try to make up a new one, like Pungari or no Caljot. God, so bad. Uh, but so Jinder and Nakamura, which will probably open SummerSlam, uh, which makes me sad because Shinsuke deserves better. Uh, wow, there were only like five matches. Well, four technically. Um, on uh, on SmackDown, but we did get one more Fashion Peaks as it appears that uh, we're not going to get any sort of fashion police activity at SummerSlam, which is confusing to me, because I assumed that's yeah, what they were building starting, to. Well, it, it's not starting. It has been for a little while. Uh, what are they doing? When are they going to wrap it up? <laughs> yeah. I, my assumption is it's still sanity, but we'll find out. Um, so, Natalia beats Becky Lynch. Uh, Naomi should not be on commentary. She's a really good wrestler. And I don't mind her promos, but oh my gosh, she is not good on commentary. Neither is Natalia. They don't honestly the 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 best female superstar they have on commentary is Charlotte. Um, let me um and I don't Alexa think Bliss on Raw on the podcast before, but let me ask you a question. How do you feel about the glow belt? I like it. I think it makes it different than the Raw belt. Um. And I'm okay with champions customizing their belts a little bit. Um, I agree. I, to a point. I, 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 I actually think the glow belt, if you're going to do it, it's the right way to do it. It fits her character perfectly. Um, it makes it a more unique championship belt when all of them really look the same all of a sudden. And I, I just, I'm okay with it. It's, it's. I, I, I'm, I'm cool with it. It doesn't make sense if they put it on somebody else and they keep it glowing, unfortunately. Um, but I can tell you one thing. I really I, I really do like the Raw SmackDown Women's Championship. Or Raw SmackDown Women. The Raw Women's Championship. Because I think the white on the red looks really, really good. However, that one puts the SmackDown belt over. Making it glow like that, it puts it over the Raw one, in my opinion. Because it's just different now. Um, yeah, it just and it looks clean. Like they did a really nice job with it, and it's just perfect for her character. So I'm perfectly fine with it. I think it's okay for for some characters to tinker with their belts a little bit to make them more unique to them. In some instances, hers that just fits perfect. Yeah, um, I agree. In in the match that nobody wants and nobody's going to be happy with, Randy Orton is going to take on Rusev, and he hits the RKO. Guess what? Out of nowhere on Rusev during SmackDown. And, of course, uh, we have now come to determine that Shane McMahon is going to get beat up by AJ Styles and Kevin Owens in their championship match because that's all they're doing is punching Shane McMahon. Or kicking Shane McMahon, as it were. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm assuming this is leading to a program with Kevin Owens. 
Maybe. Maybe for Survivor Series or Rumble or Mania even. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. I have no idea. It's all it's all quite strange. It's, um, it's, you know, it goes back to the... Our, like, I love Shane McMahon. Don't get me wrong. But do we have to have a Shane McMahon match every year at WrestleMania? Do we really have to? Yes, we do. It is... He's going to have to jump out of a helicopter now that he has survived a crash in one. Um, the Usos defeat the New Day. Of course, they were going to leading into SummerSlam. The New Day will uh, be trotting out... Um, Biggie and Xavier Woods, which I enjoy that pairing for their SummerSlam match. Uh, and uh, Jinder Mahal, uh, Jinder Mahal took on John Cena, and Baron Corbin interrupted. Jinder Mahal uh, losing the match via disqualification. Corbin taking out Cena, walking away, and then halfway up the ramp decides he's going to cash in his money in the bank. Brink. Money in the Bank briefcase. He then gets distracted by Cena as soon as the bell rings and then gets rolled up by a hurting Jinder Mahal and looks like a complete and absolute moron. Yeah. And now ruins the one thing that could have made that Jinder Mahal-Nakamura match really interesting for anybody who's not a super huge mark for one of those two. It's really unfortunate that they did that, in my opinion. It's such For so a waste. many reasons. It's a waste. It. I. I understand not having the guy win. I think every now and then you have to have that happen. But like, it's such a waste because you. There were better ways to do it, and I could also understand if it was like. He did it on another heel. And the other heel like managed to get away out of it, or you know something. Now, what is Corbin? Corbin's just going to be mad at Cena and never going to get an opportunity. Like, it's such a waste because Corbin wasn't really built up to seem important, and now he's looks like an idiot. Yeah, it. There's so many things about that that just kind of rub me the wrong way. It's too early to do anything with it, especially that. Um, in my opinion, I mean, Money in the Bank was, what, a month or two ago? Mm-hmm. So it's too early to do anything like that. You didn't allow Corbin to get to the point where when he cashed in, it was going to be this kind of star, superstar cashing it in, not just you know where he is now, which is on the rise, but not at that main event level yet. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it, it takes away a lot of the anticipation, suspense, teases, all that stuff that you can play with for the for the whole year. You know that it it took that away, and um, it wasn't even an opportune time really to to do it. I mean, if if and plus the fact that he wasted so much time walking away and walking back and turning his attention to Cena. It just made Baron Corbin look very stupid. If this turns where this makes a, an extra bit of viciousness for his character, it might work. But I just don't trust him to do it correctly. Did you know that I John mean, Cena? Did you know that John Cena has been involved in all three failed cash-ins? Yes. <laughs> oh boy. Um, um, but uh, I mean, what do you? I mean, do you? You don't think he's going over Cena on Sunday? I do. I think you don't do this unless he's going over Cena on Sunday. If Cena goes over, 
they are going to probably have to redo his character Corbin's character almost from the beginning. They ruined his music, which was really good. Now it's awful. They have uh, his character is now looks terrible. It looks like an idiot. If he loses to Cena, I think he's going to go by the wayside before too long because they. I don't know how you how you can just keep chalking up losses. You want to get a guy over as heel or face, don't put him in a losing streak, and that's what he's in right now. You know, it's surprising that after, you know, 50, 60 years, they haven't figured that out. Well, you know, I or guess they don't they want have. him to be too much maybe like Braun Strowman on And Raw. they, you know, maybe Vince went sour on him. I don't know. That's the it's only thing. It's the only thing I can think that happened. Uh, he's clearly gone sour on Mike Kanellis, who's now nowhere to be seen. Um, yeah. Okay, let's run through, because we're at the end of our time pretty much. Let's do a rapid-fire run-through on this SummerSlam card. Give me your All winner. Right. Let's go through the kickoff matches first. Champion, uh, Cruiserweight champion Akira Tozawa defends his newly won championship against Neville. Uh, Neville. You think Neville gets his title back that quickly? Uh, yeah, I think just the way that they're doing it, they're trying to shake it up a little bit and build to something else. So, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I would personally like Tozawa to keep it because then you can, you know, kind of refresh all the rivalries and have new challengers and stuff like that. But I, I think that Neville gets it back. Austin Aries should be champion. It's too bad he's not. The uh, other kickoff match, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the New Day, take on the Usos. Yes, on WWE's uh, website, this is listed as a kickoff match. I am shocked by this because Big Show and Big Cass is not. <laughs> oh, my God. What You know, I've never seen somebody do the old, well, we already paid for it so many times. I we mean, like, for the shark cage. New Day, yeah, they're really getting their money out of it. Uh, New Day is the most over-tag team you have, and this is actually a feud that is actually, even on its third month, second or third month, is actually still pretty fresh and really has one good match left in it, I think, and they're going to put it on the pre-show. Not only, I mean, not only is the New Day the, the most over-tag team you have, but the Usos are one of the better tag teams that you have. You these, know, so. Both of these tag teams are better than anything that's on Raw right now. Unfortunately, with the build, yeah. So it's really unfortunate they're going to kick the, put this on the kickoff show. I hope that changes between now and the start time of the pay-per-view because I can see three or four other matches I would prefer to be on the kickoff doesn't, show other uh, than that one. Doesn't SummerSlam also have an extra hour to it? Yes, it does because it starts at 7 and it ends at 11 and we're all going to die. Um, let's yeah, go through... there'll be a runover. Let's go through what will likely be the kickoff or the match that will start the show... Um, I, I am assuming that the starter match will be Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Championship. They like to start the pay-per-views now with women's matches. I don't know if they'll start SummerSlam with a women's match, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Who do you have, um, Bliss or Banks? Oh, I didn't get who you had for New Day or Usos. I would, I would say New Day. Agreed. Bliss or Banks? Hmm... I think it'd be more interesting if Banks won. I agree. I think Bliss has been quiet on Raw, which is not her strong suit. Um, here's the other match they could start the show with, and I think it's because of the pops they're going to get. 
Raw Tag Team Champions Cesaro and Sheamus take on the newly reformed Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. Who's winning? Um, it would only make sense to me that Ambrose and Rollins would win, but I'm not sure they they're going to do that. But that would make sense to me. They could they could in fight, which would cause them to lose. Too early, you know. I don't disagree, but I could see that happening. Yeah, unfortunately. All right, so um, I'm with you. It has to be Ambrose and Rollins. Randy Orton versus Rusev. Um, jeez, I don't really care about this match at all. Poor Ruru. Handsome Rusev uh, feels like Orton, so long. Could no, all right. So let me let me just throw this out. Seven months ago, when it was Handsome Rusev and Jinder Mahal, which one of those two being WWE champion? We both would have guessed Rusev, right? Handsome gender. Handsome gender. Handsome gender is WWE champion. Uh, Rusev's going to lose. Randy Orton's going to win. Um, yeah. The Demon makes his return. Finn Balor takes on Bray Wyatt. Does Wyatt stand a chance? Um, now I've got to go with Finn Balor on this one. Agreed. If, there, if we were doing a drinking game, the, the rule would be how many times they mention that Finn Balor was injured last year. Because <laughs> yeah, you know it's I mean, coming, it and it was also him winning the it universal was, title. It was also the last time he was in the Demon Getup. One year to the one year to the event. You know what I I found um, kind of touching on that, where they kind of over-explain things. Um, I found because I, I used to be frustrated. I used to be like, why are they so over-explaining and dumbing down and kind of you know patronizing their audience. But, um, you know, when Paul Heyman was saying that Brock's going to go get locked in a cage, there was no reaction. I'm like, are you people, do you not understand it, or do you just not care? They were, in, they were in Boston. That's true. Um, so, uh, uh, so we, we're both going with Balor, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, all right, Big Show versus Big Cass with a big mouth and a big cage. I think if the cage falls and everyone loses, then the fans win. I like Enzo Amore. <laughs> Apparently, he's not uh, the most popular guy backstage. I've heard that. Apparently, there's a lot of heat on uh, Enzo backstage. Um, but so, uh, I guess Cass would have to win, right? That's because they broke Big Show's hand for the upteenth time in his WWE career. I assume so. That can. That's my only assumption. SmackDown Women's Championship. Naomi takes on Natalia. Who wins? Naomi. Oh, I hope so. Natalia is not as good a character as she she should be for this type of push. John Cena versus Baron Corbin. You know, I'm gonna go Cena. You gotta give it to Corbin. I don't think you can give it to Cena. I think, I think you have to give it to Corbin, but I don't think they will. There is no Intercontinental Championship match, uh, and there are no. no Hardys scheduled. So I'm thinking probably a rematch from Raw, a six-man tag. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that could happen. I feel like it's likely. U.S. Champion AJ Styles defends his title against Kevin Owens. Shane O'Mac is the special guest referee. Um. Hmm. AJ. AJ wins. Agreed. Um. WWE champion Jinder Mahal 
takes on Shinsuke Nakamura for the title. Gender. As much as I hate to agree with you, yes, it will be gender. Uh, fatal four-way. Lesnar, Reigns, Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman. Who's winning? Well, I have my favorite, but I think actually Lesnar's going to retain. Unfortunately, I think you're right, because they, they're they're pushing this him leaving way too hard, and it doesn't yeah. make sense if you're going to do that, and he's going to actually leave and then come back in three months. Also, although they, announced, they need to get the title back on the show. Monday Night Raw, so. I'm sorry? Also, they announced Lesnar for Monday, uh, so. Well, that's also, that you know, that could very well easily be saying, him just saying, bye, I'm out of here. It's not the first yeah, time they've done that. Yeah, or it could be a red herring in the first place. But, um, no, I just so, think that with everything going the way it is and now we kind of know what's going to happen with this whole UFC thing, we have a good feel for it, I should say. Um, I think he'll retain. I I agree. Who's eating the pen? I mean, it's got to be Joe or Reigns, right? It's not. It can't be Strowman. Yeah, it can't be Strowman. I would like it to be Reigns, but I think they're going to feed him Joe. I think you're right, and it's not going to make me happy. The only way this makes me happy is if Samoa Joe eats at least two finishers for it to happen. He's got to eat a spear from Reigns and an F5, because I would feel a lot better about that all of a sudden if that happened. I mean, I want Joe to win the whole thing. I think that would be fantastic, but uh, I think I'm kind of going to get the opposite. Ah, uh, yeah, I have a feeling you're probably right because the only two pinnable guys in this match are Reigns and Joe, and we yeah. both we all know how they feel about Reigns. So I feel like it's gonna be Joe, and we're all gonna be sad. Um, yeah. Maybe if Baron Corbin had his briefcase, he could have cashed in. Um, wouldn't that be interesting? Except for would we, that work that way? It wouldn't because they wouldn't allow it, which would make me mad because I think that would be a great use of the title on a multi-brand show. It would make sense that Corbin was there, and he's got the briefcase. Just because it's blue doesn't mean he has to be on SmackDown. True, and um, you that, could do... And it would be completely unexpected. Shake-up. Yep. Well, there is a rumor that's coming after SummerSlam anyways. Yeah. So, we'll find out. All right, so we have reached the end of our time. SummerSlam is this weekend. Um, do I should have asked this beforehand. Are you booked for any shows coming up? Um, no, not until September. So we will, we'll have another episode by the time they come. Cool. So we will, uh, we will do that next week. Cheap seat studios is in a new location and we will record no matter what, unless like all the equipment fails, but our plan is to record a brand new episode next week. So we will recap SummerSlam, take a look. Hopefully you will have, uh, watched the G1 climax at least up to the final uh, or through the final, so we can talk about it, you know, so it's not just me talking about it, um, and see exactly where New Japan is headed next, but um, we will uh, we will see you next week. Um, if you don't have anything to plug, then we'll just listen to the plugs after the show, and uh, any last words for the wonderful listeners? Um, well, I guess we'll talk not at length about it next week, but uh, we're getting close to the McGregor-Mayweather fight, and they've just announced uh, eight-ounce gloves. So that's uh, that's pretty interesting. We will that 
we'll we'll have a bit of a discussion about that next week because that that yeah, we week can, that we can fight pick apart is what that uh, entails and and what the ramifications of that will be. But uh, yeah, it was good, and I can't wait to be in the uh, new studio next week. Yeah, that that fight is the next week is next weekend and not this coming weekend. So we will uh, we'll discuss that at least a little bit um, in our SummerSlam review and update on all things wrestling. All right, that'll do it for us this week. Be sure to be sure to catch the be sure be sure be sure to catch the plugs right after this, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash barricade show. Follow us on Twitter at barricade show. You can listen to the show each and every week at soundcloud.com slash barricade show or search for Over the Barricade podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Follow Lee Brando on Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram at Lee Brando underscore and send him a friend request on Facebook. Just search for Lee Brando and don't forget you can send us an email. Over the Barricade Podcast at gmail.com. Send in your suggestions. We'll see you next week.